you're just waiting on a hazard to happen to ruin you completely. Yeah, I, I had not only myself, but I had two employees at the time, and their entire livelihood was based on their income. Therefore, I was able to actually continue their <clears throat> payroll during the time that we were down because of insurance. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. I wanted to jump in and talk about two sponsors today, Seller Lab Scope. Uh, you've heard me say it, you know, and, and you know, you're probably sitting there saying, Steve, you say this every episode. I do uh, because I believe in the product. Um, yes, uh, Seller Labs is a sponsor of my show. Don't get that wrong. However, it's a sponsor of a product that I use. So I'm kind of lucky. They pay me, and yet I pay to use the product. And the reason I pay to use the product is because it allows me to um, get better listings, right? That's what you need to do. Right. If you're selling on Amazon, you need to understand keywords and you need to figure out what are the right keywords. Um, and sometimes it's, it's confusing as heck. Why does a certain keyword work a certain way? Well, the beauty of using scope is you can pull up your competitor who's really crushing it and see what keywords they're using. That's the lesson. And then you can find a similar one and pull them up and you're going to see a pattern. And then you do that pattern for yourself and you can get those same results if you get lucky and figure out what the keyword is for your product. So take some of the luck out of it and use scope. Um, again, go to sellerlabs.com forward slash scope, use the code momentum, save 50 bucks and try it and, and see if you can improve an existing listing. I think that's the best thing you can do is take one of your listings that's performing and then go and try to enhance it and see if you see an improvement. Give it, you know, 30 days or what have you. And if you see an improvement, then there's a clue that maybe you can see an improvement on all your listings. That's why I use uh, Scope. And I just think it's such a great product because I don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? There are much smarter people than I that have done a lot of other cool things to figure out what the keyword is and what people are searching for using a whole bunch of other techniques and then you get to take advantage of it and it's really inexpensive and again you're going to save 50 bucks so sellerlabs.com forward slash scope use the code momentum save 50 bucks second one is karen locker and i talk about her a lot um right now they're reconciling a shipment and uh they're sending my notes steve you have to send the receipts because that's one of the big hassles now i've got to send receipts to prove that i bought this stuff so i can get my you know reimbursement and her team is all over me like steve this is your third request that's the kind of service sometimes I need. I've been traveling these last few weeks extensively. I kind of need somebody else. Yes, I could have somebody sitting in my office doing it, but that would be a full-time employee, and we don't want any full-time employees. Um, just my wife, my son, and I. And so anyway, um, that's why I have members of my team in different areas, and I don't want to have to manage them. You know, I know Karen uses some VAs, but I don't want to have to manage that team. And so she does that, and her team does that. She's got team leaders and stuff, and they've been doing it for me for me and my wife for, I don't know, two or three years. And we've been very, very pleased because the money they save me, the refunds they get me, the reimbursements they get me, the fixes when I'm on the road and, hey, this isn't you know correct and they can fix it. Or I have a question. That depth of knowledge that I get uh, from Karen because of her experience is so worth the price. So it is um, solutions for e-commerce. So the, the word solutions, the number four e-commerce dot com forward slash momentum okay so use that code solutions for ecommerce dot com forward slash momentum it's going to save you fifty dollars and fifty dollars a month is a, is a lot of money and what's really cool is she's going to do that inventory health report that i talk about if you've not done one you should 
You know, I mean, you're getting a clue every week when they tell you your inventory health report. But if you want to dig deeper, and again, if you don't want to do the work, that's the beauty. She's going to send you a spreadsheet, and then you can parse it and slice and dice and then send it back saying, hey, kill this stuff, refund this, donate this, blah, 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 blah. That's what I do. And I don't have to go through and do the work. And, you know, it's just important to have a person on your team you can trust. And, again, I've been paying for the service for two and a half, three years. I have to ask her how long it's been. And I'm very, very pleased. I uh, would think of no one else to be on our team but Karen and her team because of what they've done. I look for consistency over time. You've heard me say that. And I've gotten it from Karen. So solutions, the number four, ecommerce.com forward slash momentum. Save the 50 bucks. Get your inventory health report. Get 2019 in order and start this new year off right. It's going to be a great one. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 371, Deneen and Alex England. So it's so cool to sit and talk with um, uh, mom and her son who have built a very spectacular business. And what's cool for me, first off, is mom recognizes the value of what her son and her brother-in-law bring into their business. Right, right there, I pause and I'm like, oh, I love that. I already get to feel the love. You could feel the love in the conversation, the respect from each of them because they I, they know the value that they bring, right? The hard work and everything. It's just so cool. Second, though, this is a story. Um, you know, we're going to hear this phrase rising from the phoenix, uh, rising from the ashes, a phoenix rising from the ashes, because this involves a real serious fire. They lost everything and starting over. And would you start over? And when uh, she blew my mind when she uh, she didn't know something that could have happened, and but it yet wouldn't changed her mind. Uh, it's very cool to hear that story, and I just think there's so much advice here um, that you absolutely need to take a look at because we're doing it in our business. How do you make sure that you're protected for an awful uh, emergency? And she talks about her dad who wasn't, and what happened in his world. So I just think this is a, a real powerful story from beginning of the year to set yourself up for success in 2019. Real powerful advice from a really smart group of people. Let's get into the podcast. All right, welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. Very excited about this guest. Uh, I've been chasing them for a long time, um, and they're busy. So you know, it's 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 literally. Um, very difficult to get very busy, very successful people because life happens. And um, in this case, um, excited to talk about some of the bad things that happen in life and what can come from it. And I think we have some great examples of rising from the Phoenix. And they'll, I do remember that. Uh, Deneen and Alex England. Welcome, guys. Thank you. You know, uh, how many years ago was it when we met? Was it, it was in Vegas. Was it three years ago? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, three years ago, go to this party, and I sit down at this table. I don't know if my wife was with me. I don't remember the story, but I remember she going, it, it, she was there, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, we sat down at this party and didn't really know anybody there. I, I don't remember who even invited us. And we get there, and, man, we sat down, we we conversed for so long because your story is incredible. I was so inspired. I, I mean, it was just one of those things that stuck in my mind and the resilience that you guys have and the relationship, mom and dad, or mom and son, excuse me, and the resilience you guys have is phenomenal. It's been with me for three plus years. Very cool. That's awesome. Oh, wonderful. So let's talk story. So um, who started the business, how long ago, and what did you do prior to that kind of that led you into it? 
<laughs> I started the business a little over 10 years ago. I was a computer programmer for about 25 years. I got laid off from my job and I took my severance package from that job <clears throat> and took my part-time Amazon and eBay business and built a nice little, uh, about a 1600 square foot warehouse on my property out here in Rockmart, Georgia. And we just started, I started off uh, retail arbitrage and we just did a lot of shopping, of course. And um, it was actually a lot of fun. I brought in my son uh, to be my IT director. And then I was also able to bring in my brother as my warehouse manager. Uh, a few years after building the <clears throat> warehouse on my property, uh, unfortunately, uh, it did go up in flames. Uh, however, uh, the Phoenix did rise from the ashes. Uh, I do highly recommend good insurance. <laughs> uh, it has come in handy, very, very uh, helpful. We were able to buy a much larger facility in Bremen, Georgia, and was actually able to uh, get a 6,000 square foot warehouse out here and has been absolutely phenomenal. We changed it up a little bit from 100% RA and OA and about three years ago we, are, we transferred over to about 100% wholesale and has been going pretty well ever since. Wow. That is a, a lot of activity um, that has gone on in your life, right? I mean, it's not you, you're, you know, you shortened the version of it, but each one of those things are, are pretty complicated. And I want to unpack each one of them, if you don't mind. I'm going to go back a little bit and dig in a little deeper. When you were saying that, so you started the business uh, full-time, when you went full-time, um, you converted over, you were doing mostly RA. You brought your son in as an IT manager. And that, that intrigues me because my son has been working with us for the last uh, week and a half full-time, and he's here till March until he finishes school. Um, love him to stay longer. We'll see what he wants to do with his life. I don't want him to live my dream. It's his. What did? What was your vision about bringing an IT manager into an, an pretty much Amazon eBay business? What was? What were you thinking he was going to do for your business? Now I'm going to step in real quick oh. and say the original reason she hired me <laughs> was to help out with RA. It got ah. so that she sat there and had not only her SUV but a trailer hauling behind it as well and we would get about 20 to 30 buggies per store that we would hit up all in <laughs> our areas hitting all the stores and eventually it got to the point of where I liked doing a bunch of the computer things and it went from there ah, yeah not quite as glamorous the business was able to uh, send him to school for a while, and that eventually turned him into an IT guru. Yeah, he's, mm -hmm. he's the nerd. I got that earlier um, when, when he helped us get the computers working. Um, so, okay, so so you do, okay, so it's not quite as glamorous as bringing an IT, because that, that blew me away, right? So you started with, hey, you got to roll up your sleeves, push some carts, load some boxes, hundreds of oh, boxes, yeah. pack some boxes, yeah. and build up the business to a certain scale. Um, to me, that's a smart move because if you're doing IT work for the companies, even, even if it's wholesale, it doesn't matter. Understanding the flow, you know, is just so critical. Understanding the pain points because you had to live those pain points, right, Alex? I mean, those are, that's valuable in, um, in the education to apply technological shortcuts, um, in this yeah. business. Make sense? Oh, yes. I'm very well aware. Back when we had our warehouse on the actual land, the, the barn, 
we created a software. She allowed me to take the time to create software that helped us uh, do a shortcut with printing out all the labels that go on every single UPS box that saved us hundreds of hours. No and kidding. If it wasn't for, yes, sir. If it wasn't for her allowing me to take the time to learn these things, then we wouldn't have the shortcuts we do today that speed up our processes quite a bit. But Denise is a nerd, too. She has a computer background we heard about, too. So we're not going to oh. let her off that easy. I'm the accountant, so I'm just as nerdy. So, get, you know, we're all nerds here. But but what's cool to me um, is that, Denise, you allowed him that time um, to kind of, you gave him some rope saying, hey, what, you know, what can you do with it? That, that uh, what he brought you with that improvement of printing, for example, I know it's a small version of it. His example is it saves hundreds of hours or it saved hundreds of hours over the years. Is that is that fair still? Is that statement accurate? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, thinking about, you know, the people that you meet um, that are working with family or, or looking at this this stuff, do you have any advice on how to let, yeah, I'm a control freak, how to let go and let somebody run with stuff? Don't micromanage, especially mm. if it's a family member. Does it make it uncomfortable at Thanksgiving dinner um, if you're that micromanager? <laughs> it can, especially if you start bringing it up at uh, Thanksgiving. But uh, I always try to give them great kudos, especially around the family, and let everybody know, hey, you know, I can't run this without him. He has been a significant added value, and I would not be here without him today. I love uh, the story. So back then you were still RA and mostly RA or what have you, and that savings came and now you've benefited every single year um look i'm going to jump forward and then i'm going to go back again but i want to jump forward to now that you're mostly a wholesale business and how how is the it uh the savings of time coming into your business any other examples that you can give us yeah any other examples yeah <laughs> um he has created an incredible Chrome extension that has helped us analyze the backend system for Amazon uh, on the inventory level. And it lets us know from a keyword perspective um, how our listings are doing on Amazon themselves. Yes. Oh, mm -hmm. dude, you got to go a little, little more deeper than that. Now, without <laughs> giving your secret sauce, uh, um, you don't sell this extension, correct? Uh, we do. Oh, okay. We, you have. Uh, yeah. She allowed me to take the time for a couple of months back when we uh, got the wholesale completely streamlined. We had everything going from getting the products in, bundling and getting them out. It allowed us to have more free time on Amazon itself and its platform, how to do the SEO, the pay-per-click and everything like that. And during the process, she allowed me to go off on one of my random tangent rabbit hole schemes of trying to figure out Amazon's SEO. And we actually cracked it and figured out how to get on the first page and what they actually utilize to uh, combine the keywords on the listings. And from there, we created or I created a Chrome extension with her approval that helped us uh, limit key factors that uh, were actually hurting the listing. Hmm. So. Any, uh, can you give us a clue, an example of what would limit a listing? Uh, yes, duplication from the title into the description actually hurts your listing. Now, why is that? I mean, you're, you're a computer guy. Tell me why. What does that do? 
There's a specific uh, search algorithm that they utilize within the description using uh, certain amounts of keywords within sentences that if you actually uh, duplicate, it um, hurts your listing because of the fact that it's being duplicated. It's kind of hard to explain. So wait, so maybe they give you 250 characters. That's all it's going to look at. And if it's in, if the word uh, water bottle, two words, water bottle is in there twice, you just wasted space. Is that what it is? Or... Is it because it eliminates the sentence because it's duplicated? That's That was my kind of thinking. Now, with you putting in the 250 keywords, you're talking about the back-end keywords. If no, no, I'm just using it in a title. I'm just, I'm just trying to yeah. – uh, I'm using I'm my Steve speak. <laughs> okay. Well, if you were to utilize that as an example, if you sat there and repeated within the back-end, you're wasting valuable keyword space that could be utilized elsewhere. Amazon tells you not to do this from the get-go. If you were to duplicate within the description from the title, it'll actually sit there and hurt the listing and not be able to be found at all from indexing issues. Uh, so it does eliminate the sentence in essence. I mean, that's kind of, ah, uh, wow. Oh, that's scary. Um, how many people uh -huh. have done that, you know? is and And so you have developed this Chrome extension that would go and look for that, I would assume, right? Do you say, okay... Uh is it does multiple things. It checks for duplications. It highlights known indexing fields. Instead of having to fill out every single uh, field on the edit page, we just focus on the ones that are highlighted green that we know index globally for the listing itself. And then we check for duplication from specific areas to ensure that we're not hurting our own listing. And, and when you say indexing, is that done by is it category specific? I mean, does water bottles index differently than shoes or socks or something? Each area has its own little quirks on certain types of words that will or will not index. For instance, the word year will not index in the search term areas for toys. However, it will index in other categories. <laughs> and I mean, let's think about this logically, um, because many toys go, you know, they're uh, evergreen, right? That's the right term, I think. And then uh, where let's think of something that would expire kind of every year, maybe grocery might be one, right? That would kind of make sense um, where it would change or uh, expire. Maybe is that kind of that kind of the thinking? Mm, that's completely left field yeah. No. <laughs> yeah all right so that's not the thinking okay well i'm trying to understand it because it it does make sense that each one would index differently that makes sense to me but um yes. why the word year specific in toys i get it because again i think it's because it, it would carry over but in other ones why why it would be an index term i guess i just don't get that yeah, this this could go on for quite a while. This in itself could take another hour just to explain the details okay. of, about okay. that. Get a Chrome extension. There's the lesson. And if you're interested in that, reach out to these guys. Reach out to Alex, and uh, he can tell you whether he's going to sell it or not. Okay. All right. We're going to move past it. Sorry. You will take me down a rabbit hole, and I will go there. Um, I can't help it. <laughs> it. Well, it's it's the thinking because, to be honest with you, is – whoever wrote that program has a thought process, right? Or whoever, whatever group, they, they have a strategy. Some, there's some logic put behind that. Nobody just put that in. There must've been some thought. And I always just try to understand the thinking. So, all right. Okay. So let's go backwards. Why did he build a building on your property as opposed to just going to get a warehouse? I was, I was wondering, or was it there and then you just converted it into your warehouse? Oh, very good question. Um, 
I live in the mountains, and therefore, uh, in order to find a warehouse close by would have been, you know, pretty hard to find. Uh, but I had a lot of property, so I looked into it, and I determined that building an actual warehouse in the shape of a barn on my property would actually add value to my property. So when I went to go sell the place, there you go. You would have a barn there on in the mountains with six acres for a person who maybe wants to buy some property with horses. And so when you're designing that building, you're, you obviously you're designing it because you have a, an Amazon business or a wholesale business or even an RA business, doesn't matter. However, you're thinking long term saying it could be for horses or could be for cars or something like that. So when you're designing it, you have to think that far ahead. Is that, and, and did you do that? Oh, absolutely. Hmm. That's so smart. And that's something as people are thinking about building a business on their property, um, you're in the rural area, so zoning wasn't an issue for you? No. Okay. Okay, cool. All right. So you build this business, you stuff it with inventory, right? Yep. You fill it. Life is good. Business is rocking. At this point, were you still mostly RAOA or were you into wholesale before the incident? Uh Yep, 100% on uh, RA. No, okay. no, oh, no you're right. that's not true. This was actually uh, around uh, 2014 is when it all happened, and we had just As done one of our first major wholesale, wholesale? purchases yep. of $40,000 worth of backpacks and sleeping backpacks bags. Backpacks and sleeping bags. The most did, yeah. flammable things in oh the world. Oh, my God. And so you've got these things received. They're in your warehouse. Now, let's just pause here a second, okay, because we are going to get into the insurance discussion. But how important, I mean, and maybe this is, you're going to be like, duh, Steve. How important was it that this inventory was logged somewhere? Because I'm assuming from an insurance point of view, knowing what you have in there helps assess the value, correct? Absolutely. And it was kind of ironic at the time, approximately a year prior, I had went around the entire warehouse taking absolutely just crazy pictures of anything and everything in the yeah. warehouse. Um, I wanted to keep a record of it, not knowing, of course, at the time. And it came in so handy when I did file the insurance that if I didn't have a particular record for a particular item, say, for instance, you know, I put some personal things in the warehouse. Um, I had my mother's china in there. We had things all the way down to, you know, air conditioning and heating unit. We had just bought, um, you know, thousands of dollars worth of brand new computer equipment. My husband had just finished installing a solar panel system in order to run all the power. We had just finished um, closing off part of the warehouse to make a little section for um, an office. Um, so we had done so much and I had uh, taken just as many pictures as I possibly could through that entire process. Therefore, I was able to, when I filed that insurance, if I had a question about, or if I didn't have an exact log of where I purchased something from, all I had to do was, hey, here's the picture, here's the link, um, here's the value to that property, and boom, they would pay it. No kidding. So yep. if you had to, and maybe you have already done this, so now you have a new warehouse. What's the process now? I mean, other than taking pictures, is 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 it kind of in your world now when you receive inventory, it immediately gets recorded somewhere, so there's a record of it? Is that kind of a, like a, yep. okay, go ahead, Alex. Yeah. There's, uh, we utilize uh, the inventory software Restock Pro to handle our inventory on a cloud basis. I also 
constantly keep a backup log on a secondary cloud for our inventory logs. So, and of course, I keep a log as well in regards to office equipment, um, chairs, you know, all the things that I have done for improvements. I've kept all the records, all the purchase orders. When I first bought the building, um, I put an additional, you know, $40,000, $50,000 of my own money into the warehouse for better improvements. And therefore, I've kept all those records off site to ensure that if anything was to happen, boom, I have proof of what I have done to add value to the property. My father uh, owned a very, very, very large uh, <clears throat> musical store uh, growing up. And this is a great story to add to this. <clears throat> Number one, before he passed away, I asked my father, I said, can I have your business when you die? And he turned and looked at me. He says, no. I said, well, well, how come? He said, you don't love music. I said, I know. And he says, well, you need to find your own dreams, open up your own company into a product that you love. I'm like, oh. So therefore, when I did determine the products that I did end up loving, eventually those years later, it ended up being toys. And um, to make the story even more plausible is when <laughs> he, he was in a flood zone. And my father knew he was in a flood zone. He did not believe in insurance. Mm. And the flood of 92 took his business, took his entire life. And my father and my mother in their 60s had to go back to work. They lost the building. They lost the inventory. They lost everything. So therefore, at that point in time in my life, I have bought insurance to an nth degree. So that changed right there because, you know, a couple challenges here in this discussion. There are a lot of people listening who don't have insurance, even though you're required to have liability insurance, right? I'm betting a pretty yes. good you and I know a lot of people and a whole bunch of them probably don't. So check number one. And I was just I was with some people over the weekend and we had this discussion about talking about warehousing and they pay about eight hundred dollars a year for their liability insurance. They don't have a warehouse. They you know, so that's the approximate cost to put in perspective. Right. Um, for me, who has a, a good size warehouse, uh, we and we have inventory here. Our cost is about thirty six hundred a year, and that includes our workman's comp and uh, our liability. Um, what would you say yours is? Four fifty a month. Okay, so what's that, Alex? Help us there. Five oh, grand. It's about five grand. <laughs> about five grand. So. Yep, fifty five hundred. Okay, and so I'm a maybe a little bit less than that. Maybe maybe it even went up since then. So approximately four to five thousand dollars. That's the cost, and that's because you have inventory and value, um, and staff and all the rest of that jazz. Okay, so there's your perspective, and I would argue, and you correct me if I'm wrong, if you're running a business and you don't have that, I'm not sure it's a business. What would you say to that? You're you're just waiting on a hazard to happen to ruin you completely. Yeah, I, I had not only myself, but I had two employees at the time, and their entire livelihood was based on their income. Therefore, I was able to actually continue their <clears throat> payroll during the time that we were down because of insurance. That's so powerful, that statement right there. Because you, So you're not just responsible for yourselves, you're responsible for these other people. And if yeah. you don't carry that, man, that, that's not... That's not, I'm all about love. That's not love for your employees. That's that, ooh, you just gave me the chills. That gave me the chills to think about that. I'm serious because I never would have thought of that. Mm. Yep. Okay. All right. So, so we, 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 what would it take for somebody, 
you know, you've been to other people's warehouses and, you know, they got the piles and the pallets, Steve, in their corners and they got enormous amounts of stuff that's not listed. I mean, the good stuff is the stuff that we have listed on Amazon or eBay, uh, Merchant Fulfill, we have uh, photos and we have uh, replacement values out on Amazon, right? I can run a report and I can do that. Or on yes. eBay, I can do that. And it's kept elsewhere. However, the 60 pallets probably left of uh, stuff was 110. So I'm down to 60. That is still around my warehouse. That's not logged anywhere. How do you start? How do you, what's your advice to get started? Do we have to hire an Alex? Do we have to get an IT person? Do we, I mean, tell me what your, what your recommendation is because you have the experience. There's already multiple softwares out there that can handle your inventory. You're going to find one that you feel comfortable with. We can't sit there and offer you this solution's the best way, or you can easily just create an Excel file with all this information and do it from the ground up and hire an Alex like that and do it that way, or just take the cheap way and pay for the convenience of having the software for you. But I advise you to start from one corner of the warehouse all the way to another and spend one to three days literally scanning your products, putting them into a system, getting your costs down. This stuff helps you out in the long run, especially when you get on multiple e-commerce platforms. You already have your inventory basis. You already have the title of it. You have the UPC put all up in it. You can literally use that same exact Excel file that you keep for your inventory, add in descriptions and titles and the image URLs in a singular location, and then you can upload all that information onto multiple e-commerce platforms. Not only are you covering yourself, you're also helping your future self out when you plan to expand. Dude. All right, Denine, I saw you while you brought him on. I get it. I get it. Well, no, I, I think you're exactly right because it's, it's you know, we, we struggle with this. We sit and look at, you know, what do we do with all this stuff? You know, how do we get our arms around it? Because we're talking tens of thousands of items. And it's like, how do you get your arms around it? Well, it's one bite at a time, right? It's the old elephant thing. One bite at a time. But what you're describing, again, is you building your barn. You designed it knowing that it would last, outlast your business and, you know, be somebody's horse stable or whatever. You, you thought that far ahead. So when you're doing it, it serves that multi-purpose. And Alex, you just described exactly the same thing, which is basically, look, you're going to have to bite it. Why bite it three times? Bite it once, get started with it. And then when it comes time, then you can take advantage of it and list that inventory because it's sitting there. It's not making me money sitting there, right? Nope. <laughs> smart, smart, smart. Okay, so, so we build the building. Uh, we fill it full of inventory. And then life happens. So walk us through what happened. Would you like to? <laughs> it's not too sensitive, right? Uh, it, it's not. It's actually uh, quite tragic in its own little way. This was one of the first times that my mother had actually stepped away from the business and taken one of her first vacations. Oh, no. So literally when the fire happened, it was me and my uncle there. We had a burn barrel about 40, 50 feet away, the standard regulations, blah, blah, blah. But a gust of wind, and you know how that goes. And the whole entire building was up in flames within 20 minutes. Me and my uncle were literally watching our life burn away in front of us, and we had to make the phone call. Uh, and uh, we did it to her husband first and was like, should we tell her she's on her first cruise by herself with her with her sister? Uh, should we tell her her entire life has just burnt up? And he goes, no, let me do it. In the meantime, 
we're out in the middle of the, uh, a mountain. There is no fire hydrant close by. So we have six to seven fire trucks lined up, combined together to put out this huge fire that is literally surrounding all of our houses. So not only is the business going up, we're watching and making sure that nothing else is burning because that could be our entire lives. And <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a traumatic moment and she gets the phone call. I'm not quite sure how she handled that part <laughs> of it. I'm, I just watched everything I loved and helped build go down in flames. And my mother's on a cruise. I, I'm not quite sure how she handled that part. <laughs> well, Deneen, walk, walk us through what that's like, because, you know, this is obviously, and Alex, I don't, don't, don't take offense at this, but Deneen, this was your other baby, right? I mean, this was something that you birthed, you created, you built up. Uh, and with the help of Alex, of course, and your uh, brother-in-law, but you've built it up, but this is, this is a big piece of your life, right? What happens when you get that call or that message from your husband there? Uh, it definitely was very devastating. Um, I was on my very first cruise. It was actually an Amazon business cruise. Uh, therefore, there was a lot of other third-party sellers there um, who actually got to experience um, as I got the phone call. Um, I was out in the middle of the ocean. Uh, he did... <sighs> Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, ah, it, it was quite devastating. Yeah, it was quite devastating um, when when the call was made. Uh, I thought at first, of course, that he was joking. Um, of course, there was quite a few tears, um, lots of drinking at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really, really, really didn't know how how to handle it, how to fathom it. Um, you know, not only was, of course, I was thinking about myself because. You know, at the time, I thought, you know, I would be okay. You know, I had my husband. Um, you know, he he had a full-time job. I knew that I would be okay. But the flash of my my son and my brother, because they are they were the breadwinners of their families, how were they going to handle this situation? How was I going to handle this? How was everybody going to be able to, you know, take day-to-day -day life and pay their bills? Um, it was extremely devastating. Um, and of course, as soon as I got into port, I was like calling my insurance agent. I'm like, oh my gosh, how do I handle this? How do we go from there? And it took quite a few months in order to go through the process. And this again could be an entire whole nother podcast of how we handled, um, these months and months of having to go through the process of rebuilding and getting the money from the insurance, because that in itself was of course a very source of nightmare. They stay in business by not paying. Paying. And we all know that. I mean, that's the, their goal yeah. is not to pay a penny more than what they're forced to pay. I mean, that's their business. Well, not only that, it turns out that they have no problems making multiple mistakes on every single one of their pieces of paper, where one single decimal sits there and loses us tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Okay. So everything that they did, we had to double, triple, quadruple check. Yeah, they, that I found so many errors. I'm talking thousands of thousands of dollars worth of errors. Uh, therefore, I highly recommend to anyone who's listening to hire a third-party contract person who actually, what do you call that when they come Audit. in the middle? When they come in the middle? Oh, an yeah. arbiter. Arbiter or arbitration. Okay, arbitration. Okay. Yes, hire arbitration. Yes, in order to help out with this uh, process. Yes. Well, let's start back a bit. First off, okay, we agree we should have insurance. Is there anything specific in your insurance 
that now is an absolute for you because you know, because you've been through the testing of insurance. Is there anything that you can recommend to people who are in similar circumstances like us? We have a warehouse, right? We have 12,000 square feet here. Um, we got lots of inventory. Is there any uh, special things in the insurance we should be looking for? Absolutely. Make sure that you, if you do have a warehouse, that you have a <clears throat> third party actually come in and value the property itself to ensure that you have full coverage. Uh, also, a big, huge differentiation is to ensure that you have the correct inventory coverage. So hypothetically, when we first opened up the, the warehouse, you know, you're going to have, you know, what, you know, $5,000, $10,000 worth of value for your insurance for that inventory. Well, as the year goes by or the two years go by, you know, you may double or triple or quadruple the value of that inventory. Well, you need to make sure that you call your insurance agent to say, okay, this is the new value of the inventory. Please up the coverage. Also, you need to make sure that you have your employees covered. You need to make sure that you have seasonal coverage, um, which was absolutely huge. We had seasonal coverage, which helps ensure that the uh, <clears throat> coverage of sales. So therefore, hypothetically, you know, we have, you know, 50% of our sales are during fourth quarter. Therefore, we had to make sure that we had seasonal insurance. Coverage. So, so wait, does that mean, is that cover the value of the inventory or lost income? Lost income. Lost so income. Okay. It, it makes sure that it covers that you get 50% more of your sales during that time as well. Also, make sure that you have your records in place because they are going to go back and um, look at your, your P&L as well as your <clears throat> your uh, income tax because they're going to look back to see your increase or decrease of sales and profit margin because they calculate a lot of your um, insurance coverage on the sales based on your profit. Hmm. Okay. So you, uh, uh, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of things you just said there. And I think somebody needs to go back and listen to each one of these and then pull them apart and just sit back with your agent um, and just say, okay, let's talk uh, content value, right? Boom. Yep. Okay, let's get that right. And this was back to the discussion earlier is make sure you can support that content value, right? And so yes. if you can't, Steve, on a bunch of it, you need to put the process in place, Alex, and get an Alex and build out this system and get a record of it, knowing that there's, you know, it's all upside though. That part of it's upside there. If there's not a reason to hire somebody there that, and, and you got a, you got a bad business. Um, so to me, that's, that's a perfect opportunity. Then, um, then as you say, you've really got to be able to prove your income. So you really need good, strong financials. And so Anna Hill and I will tell you, you really should be doing your financials monthly. And so that really will help support um, that, that really will show that seasonality, right? And that's a really strong thing. Mm -hmm. um, when, when it comes to employee lost wages, um, was your coverage strong enough for all that? No. Okay. I, I pulled it out myself. They, they covered it for three months, and then I personally covered the following three until we were up and going. And yeah. they don't, it, this is important to note, they don't write you a check that day. So, nope. you know, you see that on TV where there's that guy from, it's Allstate, and he's got a really deep voice, and he's telling you, we got you covered. But they're not writing you a check that second right out of his car. And it's like, oh, here's your first check, uh, Denise. Here you go. You have to front... So this is the Dave Ramsey advice is you really need to have an emergency fund for your business. Oh, absolutely. Now you're, especially in the wholesale world, you are in the cash heavy 
business. Well, even in RA, I mean, it's a cash heavy business. You're buying, you know, you're putting out huge amounts of money. Um, and you're, how do you build up a reserve of three to six months? And is three to six months, the right number that knowing what you know today? I had to borrow money. Okay. All right. And so that's real and that's legit. Um, was it, were you able to borrow it knowing that the insurance would cover it? Is that kind of a collateral situation that you can, I don't want to get too personal, but I mean, just no, to help no, people understand. No, no. Um, the insurance is only going to cover three months of salary. Um, therefore anything above that, uh, I would have to cover. And I did just on a personal basis to make sure that, um, I'm going to be there for them because they were there for me. And I knew as soon as I could get the money from the insurance company to get the next warehouse up and going, I wanted them there with me at that time. So in order to ensure that I wanted to make sure, and I borrowed the money to continue paying them until the new warehouse was up and running. And let me ask this question. Um, did, were they able to help you? then piece together all this stuff and help design the new warehouse and all that stuff. I mean, so <laughs> you're, no, I mean, um, you're paying them. No. Were they all just sitting home on the couch drinking beer or were they helping you with it? So during those couple of months, we still had inventory at uh, FBA okay. during the time period. During um, this process, I was trying to get us on multiple different platforms. My uncle's working on eBay, making sure that was going well. We were working on getting our listings up and going and trying to get as many organic sales as possible. And um, not to toot his horn or anything, but my uncle was very instrumental when we did get this warehouse on how it got designed and the layout of it and the prep center area of it. Uh, during this process when everything was down and we were in the middle of the purchasing of the new warehouse, uh, either him or my mother found uh, Office Depot mm -hmm. going out of business and we all took a trip out there and made very key purchases that helps with our entire bundle station, with our packing station. Like there were multiple areas where it, it helps in its own little way with us having the free time to be able to do these things. So that investment is paying you forward now every single month. So, so in essence, you made a calculated gamble in theory, and now all of a sudden it's just been paying you back every, it's back to the software discussion we had when the beginning of the conversation, right? Yes, sir. I love it. Okay. So this is really smart. Um, Two, two things I definitely want to get to is the difference of having a warehouse off your property as opposed to on your property and what, what pluses or minuses. And then the second is, and you kind of alluded to it a little bit, Alex, is about you obviously changed up things based on institutional knowledge. You knew what was working in the old place and what didn't work. And it sounds like you tried to address that and fix that. So can you speak to each one of those separately? I can speak to the one about having it on my property and then moving it off my property. <clears throat> so I originally had it, uh, like I said, built on my property to add value to it. Um, but it got to the point to where I was always home and I was always right there and I never got the chance to get out and get away from the house. And that was all of us because we all live on the same mountain. We all live on the same path. Therefore, our entire lives were home right there and never got away. Therefore, when the building did get burnt down, I made the decision of not rebuilding on that 
property, you know, to get away and actually feel like you're you're not home all the time, that you're actually a true business. I mean, I know that doesn't sound quite uh, real, but it, it doesn't feel real when it's right there on your property. It still feels like a home-based business. Therefore, when mm -hmm. I got this new place, which was much bigger anyway, it made it feel like a real business and it just it put it in a better perspective and it actually people respect a business a lot more. You can get your, mm -hmm. your UPS drivers, you can get 18-wheelers out here and they look at you at a completely different perspective as opposed to a home-based business. So, I love it. I think, you know, you don't call in sick when the business is across the parking lot. You find a way to carry yourself over there. If everybody else is there, you feel an obligation. Now, yes. um, I we just had this discussion again about working from home. I can't work from home. I was for just a very short period of time, and all I sat there and watched YouTube videos, went to the kitchen, over ate, did all this. You know, my wife would be like, hey, could you throw some laundry in? Could you? I don't, do, I don't want to do any of that stuff. You know what I mean? I'd rather come here and hang out. Even if I don't work, I'd rather hang out. It just gets me out of that mode. So I can respect that. I absolutely respect yeah. that. You got that. All right. Let's talk, let's talk like, uh, planning differences. So what – and, and – Let's see if you can get a little specific. What wasn't working and, and what wasn't working is relative. Uh, I mean, obviously, you got product through and you got a lot of product through. So I don't mean it that way. But what wasn't working that you were like, okay, in this new place, this has to, it has to be this way. Can you give us a couple examples of that kind of stuff? Yes, we can give multiple examples there. <laughs> One, our entire layout of how we did the inventory in the barn was too clustered to be able to get things and manage them in a timely fashion. Uh, in the new warehouse, each uh, separate bin has its own location dedicated to it. Each row has its own number. So each section is ABC uh, number 14, easy to find. There's bin locations located inside our software. So when we get sales, we know exactly where to go. If anything gets moved, we automatically update it. So that makes life tremendously easier. So hold on, so hold on, hold on there a second. So that are you, on your Restock Pro, mm -hmm. okay. And so you have all your platforms of inventory all on Restock Pro, correct? Yes. Okay. So so let's pause because this is a big issue for a lot of people. Um, even in your old warehouse, you could have done that, correct? Yes. It's just painful, right? Back to this pain of counting stuff and organizing, right? But in, from this one, you set it up knowing that. And it sounds like in this downtime, you, your uncle or you had time to plan for that. Yes, hmm. exactly. That's powerful. Um, yes. is, this, is this where you sit back, Danine, as the CEO and sit back and say, man, I've got a great team because those two working together to plan for you know, all the pain points to start addressing them is paid off for you. I mean, is that, that's got to feel pretty good. Uh, it felt phenomenal. Uh, I had no questions during the time that I was paying them directly out of my pocket <clears throat> where that money was going. I knew in my heart and I knew from their hearts, <clears throat> from their analysis and their research and just them contacting me every day saying, hey, I found a new wholesale distributor. I've been able to do more research about this product. I've been able to research this new software. Hey, I found this new software called Restock Pro. I think it might work great with the new warehouse. So I knew that the investment would come back uh, many times over. That's so yeah. smart. All right, keep going, Alex, because I think, I mean, to me, what you just said was brilliant. I mean, the fact that you put that energy and effort in, I understand you guys had the time, but still, you could have shortcutted it and said, we got to be doing these other things. We got to do this. But you guys set it up right. That's very, very strong. 
Well, the one of the major, major pain points in our last location was one section was our bundling section, shipping section, prepping section. Here we have multiple areas. One computer is dedicated towards shipping out MF orders. One computer area is dedicated towards our UPS and our uh, pallets that are going in and out the door. We have an entire section dedicated to uh, building all of our bundles in one location instead of trying to uh, clear out a spot for it. Each area in this warehouse has its own predetermined value of what it's meant to do. Instead of beforehand where we just threw things here and there, we'll get to this, uh, I got to finish building this box over here, but I have 20 MF orders that just came through Seller Fulfilled Prime, I got to handle those first. Well, now my uncle has his own area. I have my own area. We have prep station area. We have the office area. Each area has its own purpose, and it makes life so much easier. So let's let's uh, let's use the bundle one because I think most everybody has the other stuff. But in for bundle building, you know, and I I'm guilty of this. We got bags, right? So we sell some three packs of an item. That's a bundle, right? So just to have those bags and bring them into my office and then do it while I'm sitting at my desk, you know, watching a YouTube video or whatever, but it's not efficient, right? And so when you designed your bundle station, you're talking tools and products all within an yes, arm's sir. reach. Is that the thinking? Yes, sir. So we went to Office Depot and actually purchased one of their uh, register table layouts, which was about eight feet long that had shelves and drawers. The drawers contain all of our pens, pencils, tape supplies. The shelves contain our sealers, plastic bags. To the right of the station, we have a file cabinet that's actually dedicated to our overstock transparent uh, suffocation bags. We have a printer located on one of the shelves that is dedicated only to printing out our suffocation warnings. This is a set, uh, the skew of the product, the FN skews that go on it. And this is completely separate from our shipping station that literally has boxes beside it uh, layered up nice and neat on its own little shelves with its own little printing station that prints out the UPS labels. Each station has the materials it needs. That way, no station is without what it needs. So a lot of what a good uh, warehouse manager would do is go in and make sure the product or the tools are necessary that are necessary are there for the staff so they can get things done. And it sounds like by doing it the way you described, that's what somebody can do. Just make sure that everything's set up for success. I love it. All right, Certainly. I'm going to ask you for some photos, if you wouldn't mind that I could throw on my website if you no secret sauce, but that would be helpful because, uh, you know, for me t yesterday was Kmart's last day in my town, right? For example, and they giving away the fixtures. I mean, they just give them away at this point cause they can't sell them anymore. Um, yeah. and so the, the possible utility from taking somebody else's, uh, layout that was designed for somebody to stand there and probably, like you said, has a million little pockets and shelves and stuff like that. And then for you to apply it, I think is genius. Again, um, you had the luxury of time, and but that wasn't a luxury when you were paying them, right, Denise? I mean, not you know. So I'm using a bad term by saying it's luxury, um, because this was a cost. This was an investment. Yes. Mm -hmm. hmm. Love it. Okay. All right. Any other uh, things that you would advise? How about dock layouts? I mean, do you have a way for uh, you know inventory flow to come in? And did you document all this? I guess I should make sure we we talk about that too. 
that part. Uh, the warehouse came with a loading dock area and uh, two other warehouse garage door things. Yeah, that was one of the big uh, issues that we had with the original <clears throat> warehouse that was on my property. It was down the hill. And being down the hill, the UPS trucks couldn't make it down, and sure as heck, no 18-wheelers could make no. it down. We even had, um, when the, when we could talk the UPS drivers into coming down the hill, you know, they, they would end stuck. up, they got stuck and had to get hauled <laughs> out. So that was a huge uh, issue as well. And when you're also, another little uh, quick nugget is when you do have an actual physical warehouse off your property, you're able to uh, sign up with wholesale distributors much easier than if you had a warehouse uh, located on your own property. So that's a huge little tidbit now. Yeah, that discussion, that changes the discussion, right? Oh, yeah, our warehouse is located at blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. the major part of the warehouse had to be having a loading dock. We planned on implementing more wholesale, and that means more pallets. We couldn't sit there and unload and load pallet after pallet. By we, hand. <laughs> no, it, it was too costly. We actually had a shipment, uh, an international shipment, whole entire trailer, completely filled that had to be dropped off for us to hand unload it back mm. at the old warehouse. I've been through that pain. I understand that pain uh, very well. Let me ask you about this. Were your vendors, you know, this is obviously, you know, nobody wants to hear about this. I mean, everybody stops and pauses there, but by the grace of God go I, right? We all say that when we hear these kind of stories. How were your vendors and were they able to step up and help you in any way uh, maybe by storing inventory for you short term or anything like that you could talk about? No, no we, we no. never brought them into the scenario whatsoever. Oh, no, yeah, I, and, I, let this, I told one of my biggest vendors over there in Alabama, yeah, yeah we did you know, lose everything in a fire. Um, when we did get back up and going, um, she did go to the owner of the company and say, hey, this lady you know, lost everything. You know, What can we do to help her out? Do we have this? Mm -hmm. Do we have that? But other than, than that, nothing special. Okay, no. nothing special. Would would you say that would occur now because now that you're in the wholesale, and to be fair, you really were just getting into it at that point, so you didn't have the relationships you probably have now. Because I'm thinking yeah. about, you know, if because if, I have a couple vendors, I guarantee you they would they would step up just because of, uh -huh. you've been with them for years. So I'm just wondering yeah. if that's different today. That, yes. That's definitely different today. I'm on a personal conversation with a couple of the vendors, as well as my mother. We each have our own little people. Yes. But yeah, definitely. Nowadays, I could see a couple of our vendors actually holding our stock for us, helping us mm -hmm. get the shipments out that we could yes. not handle. Absolutely. That's, that's a very good point that you make there, Stephen. Having yeah. that personal relationship with your wholesale and your, your distributors is huge. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I sit back and I, I also, you know, because I'm looking, I apply, every time I talk to somebody, I try to apply it to our business, right? I want to learn something, that's my goal, and to help, you know, figure it out. So when people come to me, I'm like, oh, here's a person to talk to, they've done this, blah, blah, blah. But I'm sitting here thinking about, you guys kind of have your own accounts, it sounds like, um, where you both kind of connect with. Um, can you talk a little bit about that, having, the, having two people be able to do that versus one? It works out tremendously. There are certain peoples that I'll connect with very mm -hmm. well, and there are certain peoples I won't that my mother will. Yeah, there's uh, like the uh, there's this one young gentleman who is a sales rep from one of our toy companies. He's very young in his early 20s, and I knew from an instant he's going to click with my son better <laughs> than I would. Therefore, I set him up as the uh -huh. account manager for that company. And then there's other companies that I work directly with because I click better with them. So it just uh, kind of all depends. Yeah. Um, we both have access to the accounts, but 
each one doesn't tread on each other's toes. So right. that's absolutely necessary. And and so can you talk about what an account manager is to you, um, Danine? You know, what, what is, what does that mean to you? Knowing them personally, uh, getting to know them uh, a little more, talking to them on the phone, getting to know them, um, being able to determine, you know, exactly what kind of deals that you could get, uh, being able to be the first person that's going to be on their favorite list to be like, you know what, we're going to have a clearance. Well, you know what, I know this uh, Phoenix Treasure Box, they've been really good to us. Um, Let's give them a phone call to see if they'd like to jump on the first deal. Hmm, I love it. I, I just, the power of two versus one is enormous. It's not two, it's three or four or five, right? Most of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've had uh, one of our very large uh, companies that our manufacturer over here in Alabama has went to bat with us uh, against Disney uh, and, are, and is now up to bat with Marvel with us. Um, they've, Disney has come to them and said, hey, you know, who's this Phoenix treasure box? You know, we don't know them. Why are they selling our products on Amazon? Um, it did cause some conflict in the beginning to where we were not able to buy the Disney for a short period of time. But I'll tell you what, having the relationship that I did with the company, they went to bat for us. They fought for us. They let Disney know who we were. Uh, and it, within a couple of months, boom, we're back at it and selling Disney on Amazon. Not when that happened without a personal relationship. That's right. Yeah, yeah you push this aside. Relationships. Yep. Well, and now you know, it's kind of cool is that's a company you'll want to work with forever because they have your back, right? I mean, that's right. a two-way street. That's a big deal. Not, oh, I just give them money. They they need me, yes. Deneen. No, no, no. no. <laughs> they don't. We take care of their products online and make sure that everything's A-OK and we try to do the best we can to portray their products in the best possible light. They know that. They've seen it for years. Let me ask you one more question, Deneen. I'm, th- I'm sitting here thinking about this. You're on the boat. You get this word. And, you know, first, you have to have all the crazy emotions that you talked about. But how do you decide to keep going? Because I guarantee you, you had to have a thought like, you know, maybe this is a clue that I just need to pack it up and just do something else. Right. That's a very, very, very good question. And something that I didn't know then that I do know now is I did not know that the insurance company would have paid me out at the time a cash basis amount to not it, in other words, if I would have decided at the time not to open up another warehouse, not to continue, that they would have paid me a certain amount at that time. Um, not that that would have changed my mind at the time. I, d- I doubt it because I was at such a growth factor at the time. Um, however, you know, knowing that information now that if something tragic was to happen, that now that I know that I have the choice between uh, continuing on or just saying, hey, I'm done with it, that's a big factor to know. I'd also have to put in two cents here. It was timing as well. We had literally just moved from RA to wholesale and we had a bunch, a bunch of things, a bunch of ducks lined up pretty much that we knew we could take out. Okay. And free on. It's uh, thinking now, right? Cause we're getting close to the end here. I want to make sure that we give more value because I mean, again, if please go back and listen to, their description of the things that they had in place that allowed them to get through this. 
um, please go back and listen to that and, and absolutely go and listen to, again, the, the things that you want to make sure your insurance is covering and have this discussion with your agent and make sure um, uh, anywhere from 800 to $5,000. That's the difference. And if $4,200 is going to shut down your business, you want to rethink your business model. Okay. So, and I'm not saying I don't downplay it because we got to pay it. So I get it. It's expensive, but man, just to have that peace of mind. Um, so it's so important. But what I want to do is just think about um, the discussions, the planning now that you guys have. Because what you're describing, you know, is that you went from, you were forced to go from X to Y, right? You were forced there. And you fixed a whole bunch of things in your business. Now, how do you go forward from here? You know, how do you plan out? How do you, how do you, you know, do you get where I'm going with this? Is that looking forward? Um, because... Is that a one and once and done, or do you sit back and say, "Okay, now we want to do this"? Oh well, I think I kind of get what you're saying. Uh, okay, that, that would be our our constant need to find something new that entertains us. Like back in the day, it was back to school supplies because I have four kids myself, and that's what we knew was kids in school constantly. And then it was, well, what about birthdays? Well, I'm constantly going to them. What about you, Mom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aren't you tired of shopping for everything everywhere? Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and make something for it. <laughs> Birthday bash in a box. Yeah. Is, is that what keeps the passion going and allowed you to make that decision, Denise? Do you yeah. get where I'm going? Is that Was that part of it? Like, you still love what you were doing, so of course you would keep it going. Absolutely. And finding that uh, new shiny penny and and that next new thing and going all in, you know, it's, it's go big or go home. You know, back in the day when we did RA, it was like, Oh my goodness, do we go this deep? And that was like 30 to 50 at the time. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, do we go deep? Do we get 5,000 of one product? Oh hell yeah, let's do it. And we did it. You know, it's just so exciting to me um, when you find what you were designed to do in life. And clearly each of you sound like you have figured out your role um, in that, and you share that common interest. It's it's very exciting to me. And as a family now, um, how cool is it, you know, to sit back and realize this little mini Walmart empire? You're you're Sam Walton right now, Denine, right? You're you're Sam Walton building your version of that. I mean, it's got to be phenomenal for you. It's it's great to be able to wake up every day knowing that. Uh... I decide my day. I decide my work schedule. I decide where I'm going to go. I decide, you know, every little moment. I don't have someone micromanaging me. I don't have to answer to anyone. Um, the availability of being able to, for my employees, you know, my brother and my, <clears throat> my son, to be able to say, hey, the kids are sick. Okay, we'll just stay home. Well, hey, you know, the kids have got a function today. Hey, that's great. I'm shutting down the business. We're all going to go to that kid's function to go check it out. Well, you know, hey, the kids are getting off early. Well, bring them on up here and we'll um, put them in the break room, let them play some little video games till it's done and over with. You know, to be able to have the flexibility to be able to not have to worry about losing your job when your kid gets sick. You know, yeah. it's it's absolutely a phenomenal, uh, you know, opportunity and being able to share with that is just a great feeling. And Alex, could you add anything there? Because you, you know, you're, you have a little bit of a different perspective, obviously. Um, what's that mean he, to he, you? He would, but he stepped away. UPS oh, okay. Truck. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for a giant UPS truck too. Okay. All right. So I, I just, uh, again, I sit back and I think that, you know, you hear the negatives of these things with family relationships of that. 
Um, but there's positives, what you just described, everybody shuts down to go to your grandkids to functions. I mean, that's the way it should be, right? Everybody should be able to do that. How do you keep that in check? Give us that piece of advice because he's also your son, but he's got a life too. And he's his own person. You know, how do you keep that in check? Uh, you just, uh, make sure you balance because, uh, that, that is four kids. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you got to make that balance work out well in order to sort of determine that, uh, that, you know, you balance your business, you balance the personal life, you, you balance all the functions, um, being able to take those sick days when needed, um, is just really, really good being able, having to go back to a nine to five job is, is not even an option for, for any of us ever. Um, and being able to have that flexibility is, is absolutely tremendous. I think, yeah, you, you have to take his perspective, right? That you have to think of, you know, just not from your perspective, you have to think from him because that's a lot of responsibility for kids. And sometimes, you know, that's a challenge. So very cool. Okay. So, um, what I always like to close with is something, you know, to help people move their business forward. And I want to get there, but if somebody has a follow-up question, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Deneen at phoenixtreasurebox.com. Um, also, um, anytime you need to get in touch with me, I'd be great. It'd be fabulous to meet other people as well. Any consulting they need? Um, absolutely. I would love to, to meet other entrepreneurs and other sellers. Oh, and here comes Alex now, if you have any last minute questions. Well, I, I'm going to close with this, is that I always yeah. like to see, you know, your advice for, you know, helping people who are stuck, because you described a lot of moving pieces. And to me, I'm sitting here, my biggest takeaway is Alex's conversation about taking, you know, utilizing, seeing that opportunity to list, not only protect myself for this the investment we have in all our inventory really taking a different perspective and that's very powerful um when he said that it was like a light bulb went on for me um to really change the conversation but a lot of people get stuck and they just can't get past this because you described a lot of stuff it sounds overwhelming what's the best advice either you or alex would give to help people get past the point of stuck dun 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 uh, focus. Uh, be careful about the rabbit holes. Be careful mm. about that little shiny penny. Yeah. Uh, we, we have spent countless hours following that little shiny penny and going down those rabbit holes just to determine, you know, oh, goodness. But then again, we have found quite a bit of huge gold nuggets going down those rabbit holes. Yeah. So know when to focus. Know when to back off. Know when to go oh. deep. Know when not to. Uh, yeah. There is no magical big globe in this. It's, it, it is a risk. But to me, it's, it's worth the risk. It's so much fun. It's very exciting. Yeah. Hey, and even if you are stuck, uh, just take a minute, step back, and approach it from a different angle. Don't sit there and think that it's it's going to be all or nothing, make it or break it. There's always the nine to five if you really want to go back to it. But the <laughs> whole point is to get away from it. Yes. So take a second, step back, take two minutes, and go, how else could I approach this? I'm stuck this way. What, what else can I do? It's perspective. So, Right. It's all perspective. Love it. Well, guys, man, I really appreciate you taking the time. They're very busy um, getting ready to go to uh, gift shows and, and uh, different things. And uh, so I really, really appreciate you taking the time and especially talking about this painful subject. But, man, you are proof that you can push past it with a plan. And, man, thank God you had that strong plan. I, I wish you guys nothing but success. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, can I throw in my two cents of a course? Oh, please. Go ahead. 
So I made a course, and Scanner Society currently uh, promotes it. It's called Amazon Listings Demystified, and it's how we broke the SEO code. Oh, okay. And this is tied to your uh, your app? Yes, Amazon, sir. Amazon Listings Demystified. Okay. I'll put a link yes, in there, and um, um, you have a website or something? Yes, sir. Of I course you do. Of course you do. All right. And you also owe me some pictures because I really would like to see some pictures of that layout. I, th I think a lot of people would. I think this, again, this is all powerful stuff. And this is how you, you're saving time every single time. To me, that's exciting. I want to save that minute, you know, a hundred times a week because in a year, you're talking hours and hours. So phenomenal. Well, I'll, I'll give you an example of how just taking the time to figure out the printing solution saves us hours and hours nowadays still. We do pallets. Each pallet, each product that goes on it has to have its own particular label. Hate each it. One. Yeah. You hate it. I press two buttons. I type in how many boxes I have, and it prints out box one of blah, blah, blah on top of the Amazon printing label. And so I don't have to do that portion. And me or my uncle literally just wait for the printer. That's the slowest part of the job. We don't drag and or uh, drag, yeah, copy and paste and try to print it all out. It's being done by the software. We have the time to sit there and pack up other boxes or take care of orders while it's doing its own thing. Is it printing yeah. them six up or thirty up, or can you get it to go to a Dymo? You Dymo UPS. Oh dear God. We're talking about the zebra printer here. We're not talking about the okay. Yeah, this this is pain. it's a pain point for me in our business when I have to do that and print off the well the particular one I do comes in six ups and oh my god you're talking when you're doing you know four hundred pieces to print them yeah. on six ups it takes for a and it's very expensive. Yes, sir. Uh, we've got a new solution for you. All right, <laughs> I, I'm excited about that too, Alex. Don't let me down. All right, all right. So you owe me a few things. Um, again, I think people you heard how kind. Um, Alex and, and Danino are, these are real people. I've met them personally. You reach out to them. This is how you, you know, uh, you grow in knowledge as uh, by talking to people that are smarter than you, Steve, and you uh, learn so much from them. I, man, I, I'm so excited for you. Can't wait to see what's next. Thank you so much. I wish you nothing but success. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you very much. I know there's some uh, challenging uh, things in that, in that episode, you know, you know, spending money, doing that work like it's overwhelming when i think about what he was his his advice of how to get control of our inventory for example but man oh man you know just understanding their story and sitting back and saying what if what if what would you do and so um the value of what they've been able to do when she invested with bringing her son on and look at what he's been able to do for the business the value of them working together and building out all these different things um it's so so powerful um and to me it's it's a it's a, a business that i would like to emulate and i hope you would too reach out to them if you have questions you know check out his software um check out that amazon listings demystified i'll have the link on the website um that sounds awesome and again i'm i want to see pictures of this uh this layout for bundles. Um, so check out the website for that and uh, ecommercemomentum.com ecommercemomentum.com take care Thanks for listening to the e-commerce momentum podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.